Will there and welcome to Burning Ducks. <laughs> this is my comedy special. I thought it would be really cool. I don't ever get uh, presents for anyone or give anyone gifts and you might think uh, this is a gift that you wish, wish you hadn't gotten but if you're getting a copy of this or you're listening to this it's because you're a little bit special in my world and so from the makers of Good Grief by Martin 100 Days which is a podcast about creativity out of trauma uh, I've decided to put a a comedy album together uh, in the form of a podcast which I'm going to send to all these special people and it will be online so anyone can grab it and um, it's called Burning Ducks so the the, the name came about because uh, when you put material online it's referred to as burning material now my <laughs> dreams and aspirations have often been quite diluted diluted <laughs> diluted <laughs> and so I got no expectations of my comedy future um, so I don't mind burning the material I'd rather someone put it, have a smile on their face and a lot of my podcasts do not resonate with everyone because sometimes the journey's a little bit too full-on so I just sort of make it really fun I'd collate a bunch of jokes that I put together over the last 12 months I've been doing this open mic um, stand-up uh, comedy for uh, just over 12 months now so uh, this is to celebrate my first year and, and, and I guess this is my Edinburgh show <laughs> which I'm going to run through and I, I've got off the back of a, uh, a, a stand-up routine that I did last night at Port City Comedy I was really pleased with it I, I channeled my inner Mike Babiglia and uh, tried to uh, make the stories flow nicely and calmly and uh, uh, relatable in my Q3 of my life. Very conscious that I'm running out of time and that's what I really want to enforce as far as a, 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 a real behind the uh, story meaning of this whole thing. It is about we are going to run out of time and uh, as crazy as this idea is to put this out and expect that anybody might find me funny. Well, fuck it. <laughs> if you want to listen to it, I'm telling you jokes. But the irony is that most of them have got an element of truth or are very true, and I've just embellished them slightly to have some comedic value. As you know, I always do my podcast in the car. Reason being is I'm trying not to kill anybody, and so I'm focusing on the road and I'm not thinking about what I'm saying. But I usually got a few bullet points at the side of me which keep me on track. Um, I hope the audible's good, but if you hear a bit of a ticking noise, it's the car indicator, and if you hear some bumper noise, it's the bumpy road, and uh, otherwise it's the traffic in the background. So welcome to Burning Ducks, my comedy special. So where I was last night, I was out and about, and there was a lot of new faces in the room, and uh, most people I, I didn't know, of course, and a lot of people will come out every now and then and watch comedy, but there are a few people at the back of the room that I recognise, have not seen them for a long time. Craig and Jane, we used to spend a lot of time with them, and they were there, and I bumped into them when I came in. It's always awkward when you see people you're blocked on social media when you're out and about, isn't it? And uh, 
So that was, uh, yeah, it was, well, they were there, so they <laughs> saw the show and uh, they enjoyed it. Um, I was rushing to get there and uh, when I was driving through, well, on my way to Freo, there was, look, I'm sure I had the green light, but uh, there was a guy uh, who had a hoodie on and he had his, um, um, he must have had his headphones on and he walked straight in front of the cars and I'm sure I had the green light because when I looked up from my phone and he went over the bonnet, I got no doubt that I was in the right. So, uh, yeah, if only one of us had been paying attention, it would have been a lot better. So I park up when I get to Frio and there was this guy sitting on the side of the road and look, I I thought I recognised him. He, he looked familiar and from a distance, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I did think I knew him and as I got closer, and he was wearing a suit, you know, and I, I think I might have worked with him. Oh, um, so I uh, started to walk along, and uh, as I got closer, I could see I did recognise him, but just by the look on his face, I could see he was sleeping rough. And I got within a metre or two of him, and he just looked at me. I don't even know if he recognised me, and he just said, small change. I put my hands in my pockets, and I paused, and I just said, well, I'm walking more, I've cut back on carbs, and I'm writing a gratitude list, but thank you for noticing. <laughs> oh, no. I'm pretty lucky. I'm pretty lucky. You know, like, getting lucky used to have a very different meaning than it does now. You know, it used to be picking up or, you know, getting some romance. Now it's finding my car keys. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If I find those, I'm having a good day. If I remember where I put them, that is. Um, I got heckled the other night by this guy. I walked out, and I was actually in a good space. And you know, when you're in good form, it just rolls out. You know, they say, um, you know, this doing comedy in front of people—it's got to be some people's biggest nightmare, the, the fear of it. And when it goes well, it's great. But when it doesn't, <laughs> it's like self-harm. I mean, some of the rooms they actually should. Uh, um, deem an unsafe workplace because <laughs> it's quite emotionally harmful but um, yeah, this guy called out um, hey dad and it put me on the back foot because this ageism thing is starting to creep up on me a bit more frequently and it threw me out I had a, I had a really bad set it didn't go well people can smell it on you if you're not invested in it you're not authentic you know they, they don't, don't think you're funny and for whatever reason, they're just not buying it. And so whatever I did, and I was pulling out all my big guns. <laughs> they were falling. They were free falling to nowhere. And uh, I was getting crickets. I did get a murmur of chuckles, but um, not great. And then I went home and I was sort of, I do a lot of journaling, eh? So I, I was working through it and I thought, you know what? Taking the mickey out of someone's age is sort of, uh, the last thing that you're allowed to do that's politically correct, everything else is out of bounds. And so then I just thought, you know what, embrace it, bring it on, bring it on. You know, I am getting older, things are changing, so, you know, make your, make it more relevant uh, in, in your stories that you tell. Because I do like, that's why you mentioned I'll channel my mic by Bigelow, because I like the storytelling concept and the rhythm and, and the pace that he uses. And so I try and apply that, you know. So. I started to think about some situations that had occurred for myself and, and, and how it made me laugh in relation to 
comments about my age. So uh, the other day I caught a bus. My van broke down. We had to go and get it repaired. So I dropped it over to Bentley, which is in Western Australia, if you're listening overseas. And um, I had to get the bus into the city. Now, I never catch a bus. I haven't got one for years. I've caught the odd train. But getting on a bus is a new thing for me. And uh, they only take cash. So I get on. I didn't even know what I was supposed to give her. It was a lady, and she wasn't uh, English wasn't her first language, so she had a bit of an accent. And she said concession. Now I misheard her, and I said to her, "Look, I overshare, and I'm too trusting." And she went, "What did you say that for?" I said, "You said confession." She said, "I said concession. Have you got a pension card?" So I said, "No, I'm not that old." She goes, "You look older." I know. So uh, there we go. I'm getting used to it. It's coming at me fast and furious. And it made me think about my mortality. And my uncle recently passed away. He was 100 years old. Really great guy. And I used to go and visit him all the time. And the last time I saw him, I stopped in the bakery on the way. He's got a bit of a sweet tooth. And so I I, I grabbed a cake on the way and and I call in to see him. And um, I left it with him. now, this guy was a hundred years old. God knows what he'd been through over the course of his life, but, you know, big life. He had a really good attitude, by the way. Now, he was married for 75 years to the same woman, love of his life, and he lived through a world war. But one armoured croissant was going to take him out. Who knew he had a nut allergy? <laughs> so, do you think I'm feeling responsible? Well, he did get his... He did get his uh, letter from the king, probably one of the first ones actually. So there you go. And then I was thinking back to when my dad passed away. And um, now I was quite upset and I'm standing outside the church and it's funny who turns up when um, uh, when someone passes away, I blast from the past. So my old drug dealer turns up and sees me out in the car park as he's entering the church. and. Uh, he just comes over and you can see I'm a bit sad and he goes Martin take a couple of these and he gives me a couple of these pills this was a number of years away by the way and um, so I took him and he I said what have I just taken he goes that was ecstasy he goes you won't be upset for much longer well the funeral went pretty well and I would have gotten away with it in the other words nobody actually would have noticed and uh, and then they played his favorite song well, I was the only one dancing, eh? I was the only one dancing. And um, and I look across, and there's my dad lying in the coffin, looking up to the ceiling, and my drug dealer's hooked up with my mum, and they're both dancing too. My mum looks over and she goes, Marty, we're going to a club, do you want to come? Well, I'm peeking off my head by now, and I'm like, fuck, do I? <laughs> oh. Oh, memories. Hey, um, <laughs> so I mentioned that getting lucky is finding your keys, and uh, I go surfing, and I've got what you call a key box, and you put it on the handle of your car or on the tow bar or somewhere, and you put your keys in them, and they're really good. Uh, it means that you, you know, security is, is pretty sound and, and you're safe, that you're not going to get broken into. But this particular day I took my car I didn't have the van and so I 
didn't have a key box with me. What I did, I got one of those dog poo bags and I put my car keys inside the bag and I just put it under the wheelie bin in front of my car. And then I went for a surf. And look, it was a good day and I was in the water for a couple of hours. When I get out, the car park's full because it was a, it was a good day you know, for surfing. And um, there's no rubbish bin and obviously on the grass there are no keys either well there's no dog bag with my keys in it so I'm in a bit of a panic because I'm actually quite away from Perth I go to a place called Falcon and it's uh, an hour out of, out of town south and um, I look over near the road and there is the rubbish truck so I run over and there is the man who is just uh, driving the rubbish truck the rubbish man and um, I said, and he's got a, an empty wheelie bin in his hand, right? I said to him, look, my keys were on the floor, uh, and they're not there now. He goes, no, there were no keys. I said, no, they were in a dog bag, and uh, they must have got caught on the bottom of the rubbish bin when you put it into the back of the truck. So I'm guessing they're in the back of the truck. Now, I don't know if you've ever crawled into the back of a rubbish truck, but this particular truck, had a lot of green bags in it, and most of them full of dog shit. Plus, there was a lot of rubbish in there as well. Subsequently, it fucking stank. <laughs> but this guy was amazing. He just got on board. He climbs in the back, and he's obviously got his, you know, his uh, um, overalls on and his um, big gloves. And I was in a wetsuit. Now, I'm standing at the back, leaning in, and he's in there crawling around, picking up individually the bags one by one, checking them and throwing to the side. So between him and me, we are both squeezing dog shit, <laughs> checking to see if the keys are in there. And I'm looking at this guy, now I'm a straight man, but I'm looking at this man, and don't forget the smell is not that pleasant, but he is glowing. He is in his element. Like he is, um, as far as class status goes, in the rubbish man world, He's supreme, and he has an aura around him, which I've never seen before, and I am just looking on, and heroes come in different shapes and sizes. This guy was my fucking hero. All of a sudden, he just goes, I th think I've got a harden, and I don't know what come over me, and I go, me too. And then he goes, no, you fuckwit. <laughs> I think I found your keys. In other words, he squeezed his bag and he found them. Oh my God! We get out the van, out the back of the truck, and I hug this man so hard. But when I let go, he doesn't let go. Now I'm so amazed at what he's done for me. Now he can ride me like a small pony because I am just on board with anything. He's won me over. I am so impressed by his prowess and anyway I think he's gonna kiss me right but I'm like well okay <laughs> so I pout and he leans forward and he just strokes my cheek and I go oh what'd you do that for and he goes you had dog shit on your cheek <laughs> I was like, oh, okay thank you oh that was really funny I could not believe he did that it was amazing so I've been married 21 years and when you are first married, you are joined at the hip. And over the years, you spend less and less time together to the point where eventually <laughs> you don't see each other. I'm, uh, 
I'm in the kitchen and I my daughter's there and I said to her, I haven't seen your mum for a while. Where is she? She goes, she's in England. I went, oh. I opened the fridge and I go, well, when she's back, tell her we need milk. Anyway, she came back the other day and uh, she says, look, I've decided I want to have a polyamorous relationship. I go, what, you want to go with other men? She goes, no, no, just not you. <laughs> right between the eyes. I go, oh, okay. So I'm adjusting to my new life. So I'm back on the dating scene. So <clears throat> I know if you older guys that are single and they're sad fuckers, by the way. So I decided that wasn't for me. I'm not going to be the sad guy sitting at the end of the bar waiting to pick up. So I thought I'd go and find somewhere to um, hang out that was uh, a bit more of a social connection and just see what happens. So I I joined circus school and I go to this community circus school uh, thing and I got quite good at walking on the stilts. And so over the course of, I think it was a couple of weeks, this this circus school series, and um, they take photos of you. And, and I use my my circus school photo uh, of me on the stilts as my profile for my dating app. I thought I'd get out there and see see what was uh, what it was like. Anyway, I hook up with this girl, and within a few minutes, I could tell that things were not good, and she wasn't impressed. So. I said, look, can you just, let's just get this out of the way. What, what's going on? You don't look happy. She goes, well, I'm not entirely happy. You, you, you don't, you obviously lied on your profile. And I said, no, no, I did not. Um, everything I put down was true. And she goes, but your photo doesn't look like you. I mean, that is me. And she goes, I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> oh. And um, she goes, anyway, can we talk about the elephant in the room? before we go any further. I said, well, my push bike's got a flat tyre. It's the only way I could get here. <laughs> that didn't go too well, so I moved on. And then I hooked up with this other girl, and I arranged to meet her in a cafe. And I walk in. Now, she's at the edge of the room, and she has got a light bulb around her neck. She's got the cable around her waist, and she's got this plugged into the wall. I spoke to her for a while, not very bright, and definitely wasn't switched on. <laughs> she goes, you look like you've been around the block a few times. I said, have you tried to park an elephant? <laughs> well, anyway, it went well for a while, but we eventually broke up. She caught me with my cock in a bag of Doritos. <laughs> she said I was fucking crackers. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck that makes me laugh every time I say it <laughs> I think I better end on this one so is anybody into dogging well I didn't know I was but I, I sort of got into it by accident so I'm out the other night and I thought it was time to go home so I'm walking back through the car park and, and there in the car there are two people having sex so I'm watching and this woman looks up at me and she goes but are you going to stand there and stare or are you going to clear off 
I thought it was a question, so I said, no, I'll stay. <laughs> I tapped on the window and I said, is he going to be long? She goes, well, we'll hurry up for you, shall we? I said, I've got to be home by nine. <laughs> then the guy looks up at me and he goes, mate, are you still here? I said, sorry, I'm talking to my wife. <laughs> so that is my special burning ducks. I hope you've enjoyed it. Hope it put a smile on your face. If you want to share it, please share it with the world. It'll be on Spotify. You can download it. And big ups to everybody who supports everything that I do and big thanks to little Pedro who also agreed to let me use their music Scarmenko for the intro and the outro and if you listen on at the back of this podcast you'll hear the full song Scarmenko written by Shim Scar Daddy Richard Slater and Craig Watt and played by little Pedro it was a warm, sticky night in Arecife town A sign read Scarmenko With an arrow pointing down The lids wafting out from their room within Turned a grey stony frown to a warm demon grin And he opened the doors When their eyes ran across a jumping dance floor Mystery vibe and a dark smoking smolder Patch on one eye and a crow on a shoulder This has been a Good Grief by Martin 100 Days production.